So I'm directing traffic and there's people, uh, you know, it's a parade. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And all of a sudden this gray car pulls up in front of me with tinted windows and I'm telling it, go this way, go this way. And it's just sitting there. And all of a sudden I see the, I see the bullet holes penetrating the class, like douche, 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 douche. And I duck and I'm looking around and like everybody's continuing on as normal. You were lied to. And don't let that cloud critical thinking. How many points do I have to make that don't add How up? many other people do I have to bring in this conversation that do not back up Rob's? JV Team for Life. Welcome back to the Anti-Hero Podcast. And I'm your host, Tyler, owner of Refractive Wolf Apparel. And I'm your co-host, Brent Tucker with FRCC. So today we have with us Emmanuel. Yes, sir. Emmanuel Petrick. And uh, he's out of Michigan, so uh, he's going to be a, a, our guest today. So uh, real quick, we'll run through, run through our sponsors. Refracted Wolf Apparel. Use promo code ANTIHERO for 15% off. Uh, outsider Apparel for the front lines. So T-shirts, hats, stickers, flags, you name it, we got it. Um, and uh, FRCC. Uh, use code FRCC and we add additional 10%. <laughs> It'll go back to a good cause I have a trusting face yeah. No, that's actually not FRCC 10 actually will get you 10% off Boom. There you go And uh, if you haven't, uh, please go check out our Patreon um, We just started it it's a, it's a great way for us to talk with people um, That want to share stories with us Similar stories that we've been through um, There's two tiers, $3 and $5 um, And again, uh, it gets you pretty much unlimited access to me and Brent, whereas this, uh, and I'm not trying to sound like a douchebag, but the social media platforms, it's just, it's too much. So Patreon really narrows it down to people that, uh, that, uh, support the show and, and it helps us buy equipment and stuff like that. So, um, and then on Thursdays, make sure you check out YouTube. We usually do some kind of a uh, zoom where we reach, uh, interesting people and, uh, throughout the entire country that are just geographically are too far away to come here. Unlike Emmanuel. Who came here from Michigan? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Came from Michigan. I uh, just took a little vacation, visited some friends, and uh, I I have to apologize, man. I don't know why, but apparently he thought I was talking about October too. So I <laughs> made it work, man. We made it work. Yeah. yeah, we made it work on the fly. I was so. sitting there. It was like it was like midnight, and he texted me. We still good for Saturday? I'm like. <laughs> I was like, "What?" I was like, because I was reading the text message, and I was like, "Okay, did I just like miscommunicate uh, this the, the wrong way?" The, the <laughs> irony of that is, for whatever reason, usually uh, like short notice plans uh, seem to work out better than the, 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 yeah than those yeah you know, like a month out because everyone's like, "No, I can't make that one." No, I can't make that one. No, I can't make that one. Yeah. But then yeah. someone calls me like, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow night?" <laughs> I can do, I can do that. Yeah, oh true. yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I really do. So, yeah, thank you. It kind of goes, I mean, Brent is, when he came on a close, one of the things he said is, I want to make sure that we have a, a place where first responders can come and tell their stories. Um, so that worked out perfectly around the same time you were like, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. Um, but you went to school. So you're not from Florida, right? No, originally from Michigan. I grew up uh, in Flint, and then we eventually moved to uh, Grand Blank, which is just south of Flint, uh, and maybe like an hour just north of Detroit. Um, but no, so uh, yeah, I grew up in Flint. My dad was a cop. Mom was a nurse. You know that that typical <laughs> typical relationship. And uh, yeah, um, my dad was did uh, did his whole career at the Flint Police Department, and. Uh, 
Yeah, man. I come from a family of athletes. My sister played uh, college hockey, and then you have me, the golfer, and my little brother played uh, college hockey as well. Um, so what what sport did you play? I played golf. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, 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 okay. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. I was I was the golfer. No, um, we're gonna consider that a sport. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Are you? What what ethnicity are you? Uh, take a guess. I'm gonna say half black. Half black, yeah. 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 My mom's side, uh, black and Indian, and my dad's side, German. So. Okay, so you definitely didn't go with your mom's side with the sports. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Golf and hockey? Yeah, yeah man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you look like you ate Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. It's funny. When I got to, they gave me the nickname Tiger Hood. When I got to, <laughs> to Bethune-Cookman, man, they were like, what up, Tiger Hood? I, was like, I love up, it. Man? Oh, fun. yeah, so you went to Bethune-Cookman, which yeah. is traditional. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's a black school. Yeah, his yeah, HB. College, yeah. Oh. HBCU, yep. Um, yeah, like I said, man, golf. My, you know, my old man. He wanted me to really uh, go after golf, and so golf was life. Uh, high school, and you know, worked hard, got a full ride to uh, Bethune, and balled out there for four years. Had a great time. Uh, shout out to all my teammates still playing. Keep going. Keep grinding. <laughs> I, I got um, a, I got a funny golf story. Go ahead. Uh, actually, it's not, it's not mine, but it's a, a teammate of mine in SF, and and let me know how how true this is because okay. i feel like you have a very similar like geographical story to this so he uh he was a ranger he got out of the military for a short amount of time oh. and he was always very good at golf and so he goes to he's in minnesota and he is like the number one amateur you know in minnesota and they're like hey you you got to go down to florida and train mm -hmm. like you're going to the pga mm -hmm. and so he's like yeah like i'm i am a big fish in a small pond okay and he comes down here to florida and within like a year he joins back to the army because <laughs> yeah. he is like, I tell yeah, you, man, Florida's the mecca of golf. He's like, yes, he's like you is. think you can play in Minnesota? Come down here into Florida. Oh, and wow. there, there are guys that just are, you know, oh, yeah. absolutely next a level. And, called PGA. And, and, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and he, and he gave up his, he gave up his dream after coming to Florida. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> you come down here and these guys will, that is, that's a hundred percent true. These guys will, you know, everybody's out grinding, you know, it's no different than any other sport. You know, you got your, you think you're good and then you get to the next level and the next level and you know you, you ultimately you have to make that decision to where you know do i want to keep doing this or yeah. you know is there something else you want to do um i i, I was kind of off and on like i you know i i had a decent college career but it wasn't great I, I didn't win any tournaments i got maybe uh top five a couple of times but uh it just never got to a point to where I was able to win. So I was like, yeah, you know, fuck, I'm not good enough. What the fuck do I look like trying to play professional golf on the PJ Tour? But it's funny. So after after I did my four years of uh, college golf, I was a strength and conditioning coach there uh, as a graduate assistant. And I got my master's degree. And so when I couldn't get in, like I was applying for jobs, applying to the police departments, couldn't get in anywhere down here. Wait, um, police department? Yeah, police. Yeah. What year? Yeah. Uh, this was around 2017. Um 2016 2017 well florida's weird because you gotta you gotta if if you won't if you don't get sponsored by an agency to go to the academy you gotta put yeah. yourself through which i did well there was always something man and i you know i'm not gonna lie i'm an open book like you know it it was playing golf and if you played well you'd let you know light up a joint right so i on the application it, there wasn't enough time between the time uh, that i so they would be like yeah we can't you know I, you know, I'd have this great, and they'd see that one thing, and because not enough time had expired, they'd be like, well, yeah, we can't, sorry, we can't hire you, so, uh, so, yeah, I did that, and, you know, packed up all my stuff, moved back home, moved in with the folks, and 
uh, Police Academy started that fall. I mean, that, uh, yeah, that fall in 2017. And like, what am I going to do in between? And there was a little mini tour up there. And I was like, you know what? I let me let me at least give it a shot before I just start, you know, working all the time. So it was funny. The very first tournament that I entered, I won. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I actually can play decent, even though I didn't win uh, any college tournaments. But it's like when you're in college and, you know, you're you're seeing, you know, you're looking at all these pros that win these tournaments and are making all this money. You, you feel like there's a certain path you have to follow. And if you don't meet up with that, with that, uh, if you're not on that schedule, you just feel like you're behind. Yeah. But, you know, you come to find out later that, you know, life isn't really nothing goes according to plan. You don't necessarily have to do all of these things in order for stuff to work out, man. It's, it, it was kind of crazy. Like when I entered it, I was like, wow, I actually can can play pretty decent enough to make some cash. on. Side, yeah, so. it, it's funny you say that. I, I, yeah. I say all the time in, in, in my in my career, you know, like almost almost every five years my career was wildly different than what I thought it was going to be. Mm. And, uh, you know, the saying, if you want to make God laugh, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. It's, yeah. it's just so true. Absolutely. Yeah. But it always works out in the end. Mm. It does. You know, I, I believe that. Yeah. But, and it, yeah. Just watching Tiger and all those guys win and play like that was when I, I remember like watching this stuff like 2008 to like 2014. And it was just like my favorite golfer was Camilo Vajegas. He was a really flashy guy from Columbia. I loved his style. That's how he played the game. And, you know, I was like, okay, I have to win this many tournaments if I'm gonna, you know, make it to the PJ Tour and do all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, it doesn't doesn't always have to work out like that. So, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I love that. At the end of the day, you yeah. still got you went to college for four years, yeah, and, man, and played was, golf. It was a good I mean, that's, experience. That's, yeah. I mean, how how cool is you're, that? Technically, awesome. you're a college yeah. athlete. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was it was a good experience, man. And and it was so funny because most of my teammates were from overseas. If you can believe that or not, we had so there was there was me, yeah, me, JJ. Uh, Matt was from Ireland. Leon, Leon, and Ryan were uh, brothers from the UK, and then Rafa was from. I think Rafa was from Venezuela. Were these, were these black people or white people? Yeah, it, it's funny you say that. So it, they were. So uh, Rafa was Venezuelan. Matt was Matt was white from Ireland, and then Ryan and Leon they were. Brian and Leon were black. From the UK. Yeah. yeah from I mean, you UK, don't have yeah. to be black to be in an HBCU. No, no, there's no. There's, white, no you you do not necessarily. No. Uh, it's, how, the only reason I know this, and, uh, it's, and it sounds it sounds very, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right, um, right, yeah. I didn't know that until I watched, uh, you know, uh, Florida, was it FAMU? And oh, yeah, FAMU. Came and yeah, the classic, other, yeah, the classic. Oh, uh, yeah, the classic. On the TV, game, man, you know, yeah. and the kicker walks out as a white guy. I'm like, <laughs> uh -huh. oh, I didn't even know you, you know, I didn't even know they had that. Yeah, you know? man, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and you, you, know, you hear the, you know, the, the that it's a black college, but it's it's a historically, mm -hmm. historically black college. Yep. and how, how many... Uh, how many white people are, are there at, a, at an HBCU? Oh, I mean, man, I know it's a tough it, question, but yeah, you know, ballpark numbers, like percentages. Oh goodness, I couldn't. I I really the entire golf team. I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really couldn't put a number on it. I mean, it's a very uh, to die very. It's a very diverse place to go to, and I wouldn't right. trade it for anything else in the world. It was a great experience. Um, but like to put a number on, it, I can't. I can't really tell you. I, I want a bad number. Ten percent. Is that? Was that? Uh, Maybe less than that. Maybe less Possibly, than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of, no, no, I mean, never. a lot of if you know, a lot of the if you are white, you are pre, you're probably an athlete like baseball. Um, uh, a couple of guys on the football team. Um, 
but yeah, it was yeah. like I said, predominantly black. Yeah. So yeah, it's right right there in Daytona. So we in a fraternity as well. No, I didn't okay. have no golf. Was the fraternity? Yeah, much, man. yeah. Sports was I the really fraternity. Yeah, <laughs> I really didn't have you know much time for that. But I did. Uh, one thing that I really enjoyed doing on the side was theater arts. Um, I was in theater all throughout high school. I sang in choir all throughout high school. And when I got to, when I got to college, I was like, I really. My old man was like, you know, focus on golf, you know, hundred percent. But there was yeah. still part of me that was like, I still want to get on stage and you know yeah. do something that I really enjoy. So I take a battalion of choir boys if they looked like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had that 100%. last uh, last episode. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a that's an outlier choir boy. Yeah, yeah. There's always an outlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, if I if I wasn't playing golf, I was on stage and you know doing plays and stuff, and that was kind of like kind of like my release just from the stress of you know grinding four hours on the golf course yeah. and do it like going home and doing classwork and then getting up at 4 a.m and going to the gym but well we'll get to to the rest of you i just have a lot of mm. i just have a lot of, a lot of yeah uh, sure athlete no, questions yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no did, being a, being did, a student athlete, i wish it was i wish it was uh forever no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. But I wish, I wish now, now you get sponsorships and stuff, man. Oh, like back then, you were That's broke, right. and it was oh, just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. you're allowed like, to man, sponsor. Where am I? Let me go to Little Caesars and get a hot and ready. Do they have any? <laughs> What's do they have any rules about sponsoring? Like, a uh, college you know, they did back then, but like, from the way I understand NCAA now, is like you can get sponsored and you know you can get paid and everything. Yeah, you're an adult. It's like, yeah, man, it's like crazy. The, they used uh, to just be like, yeah, our our athletes can't get paid. It's like what? Like what? Man. Did did you have an arch nemesis that you hated losing to, or that you're like, man, I never liked that guy, and every time I, I played hate, against him, I you know, always we wanted were, to place above him. We were so competitive on our team; it could have been any one of those guys on any given day. Like if somebody had a good tournament, you'd be like, oh, fuck, man, yeah, I'm gonna kick your ass next week, man. During yeah. during qualifying or whatever. So yeah, yeah I, it, so it, how it was, and I don't know how most golf teams go, but if you're, you know, if you. Usually they'll be like if you shoot like play like if you're like a couple over for a tournament you have to qualify again but if you no. play well then you don't have to qualify for the next tournament so we were just constantly like constantly qualifying and constantly playing and just like really sh you know and it was good too because you know it was a you know what, what do they say like steel sharpens steel so right, you're always right. in that competitive space and you're always ready to go so yeah I I definitely get that you know it went to a couple sniper competitions mm -hmm. and uh, we sent you know several of of the guys from the unit to the competitions and uh you know people assumed we were all there you know buddy buddies and rooting each other on i was no, like no man, that, 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 that shit goes out i i came here to win and, and exactly 100 and, and, and yeah. i believe that guy that came with me has a really good shot at winning too oh, yeah, you know man. and i you know i i wanted to beat him more than i wanted to beat in you know anyone else because i knew he was my you know biggest competitor oh we, i'm like that with uspsa yeah, right now we, i started shooting competitively and it's just like the group of guys that i'm with we're always we have a group chat we're always talking shit like it's just yeah. i've been getting my ass kicked lately but i'm just <laughs> you know, it's still it's still good humor and good fun. So, um, <laughs> I'm I'm sure uh, you're you're a first round draft pick for every uh, police fundraiser golf golf event. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. It's it's funny that when I left Flint, I'm at the new agency I'm at now. Like right when I came in, there was the big Nasiac scramble, and that was like, oh yeah, you're definitely playing. You're you're definitely on my team. So that was that was a good way, good little way in. So so <laughs> it is. So, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so you're in college, smoked a little weed, mm -hmm. and then that was that was what was deterring. Well, because I was I was time. honest about it, you know. Yeah. So, well, and a lot of a lot yeah. of people don't know at that time weed was 
so serious. The FBI, a lot of agencies mimic the FBI. The FBI had a three-year rule, three to f- three or five years yeah, for weed. Yeah, it was like three. So a lot of police months. agencies were like, well, we'll just mimic the rules of the FBI. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand, because the FBI was losing so many people to uh, college students, because in college you smoke weed and you drink beer. Well, they were losing qualified applicants because they were people were honest. They're like, oh, yeah, I smoked weed you know, like a year ago. And they're like, okay. So they were being black and white with the time frame, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which I, from what I have gathered, uh, I know my agency has loosened its standards. But, uh, you know, the uh, just law enforcement in general, there's not a lot of people coming in the door like there used to be at that time. You know, right. Yeah. We came like in at, about at the same that time. time, it was like so competitive. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, man, if you, you know. They were like, yeah, when's the last? Like, it, that would like I would do everything, you know, great, false, but they'd see that one thing and be like, nah, we can't, you know. But I mean, I get it, but it's just I just think it's funny now because can't cops in New York City smoke weed right now? I think um, I've heard. Can't that. they? I've you, heard you it. Can, I you, need, there's agencies now. You can do you can do hard drugs, and it's mm-hmm. case by case basis. And I'm talking hard drugs. Not, 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 I'm not even counting cocaine. I would never do cocaine and never done it. But no way. But we're talking like. Hard drugs like heroin, uh, crack cocaine. You know, there, there, <laughs> there's no rule anymore as far as it used to be. If you ever did that, you're not material to be a cop. We don't want you out there. If you've ever made a decision like that to shoot heroin, right? That's, that's, <laughs> isn't, isn't isn't that what they call it? not an indicator? Yeah, of character. What you got going on? And, you know, you know what's, what's you know what's <laughs> funny is yeah, I, I grew up in a very you know conservative home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, didn't didn't smoke weed, never did drugs. You know, always had a very you know a negative outlook on 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 drugs. Um, but you know, even uh, you know as, as I've gotten older and you know in my early forties now, but it probably happened in my late thirties. I really started looking at weed you know a little different. Like ah, you know it's 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 not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I, I think there, there's two things that changed my mind on that. One of all things was a was a uh, a Ron Paul speech. I don't watch a lot of Ron Paul speeches, but for some reason I was watching it. And of course, he's a uh, um, you know he, they, you know they're uh, he's a libertarian, so they don't they don't uh, believe in many rules at all. And uh, <laughs> and you know and he was talking about you know the the why not to have any rules on on drugs. And uh, although I don't agree with him on that, mm. his point was. People do it anyway. If they want to do it, they're already doing it. So legalizing it isn't isn't going to make everyone all of a sudden turn into a heroin addict. People are going to do what they're already doing right now, anyways. And there there is there's a good argument to be had for that. Mm-hmm. I can argue against it as well. But there, you know, it's it's. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's, it's a it's, yeah, it's a good argument. Just, you can't just like you said. I I. There's so many good arguments to it. I believe my argument against it is better, but it's not as easy as, you know, well, especially when you look at weed and you actually research. Joe Rogan does a really good breakdown on why weed is a schedule schedule one narcotic uh, as far as uh, the, the what is it? The FDA or Federal Drug Administration? Yeah. What, why is it? Because there was a rivalry at that time with the newspaper industry. <sighs> And the newspaper industry guy came out on top. I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I don't know the story, but I, I will get back. So yeah. next week we can talk about it. But essentially it was a giant uh, cannabis was ma- ma- demonized uh, the way it is. So that way the it, newspaper industry could make money. And uh, it, it's just so weird because it is in the Fed. And as far as the feds go and the national in, in the government, Weed is worse. It's scheduled worse than heroin, crack cocaine. It's a schedule one narcotic. 
Well, the the biggest argument that that, that I would kind of lose over and over again because yeah, you know, I like you know debating with friends, you know, and you know, um, would that I would just lose every time. Would would they say, well, you know, alcohol is legal and alcohol destroys more lives and is harder on your body and you know and it does way worse things for this community than than weed ever has. Yeah. And that is a solid argument that at the end of the day I couldn't, you know, that 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 I couldn't win. Mm. And uh, and the only thing I could say was, well, at the end of the day, you know, weed's illegal, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah, so yeah. you know, so so you can't do it. You know, you yeah. may be right, but you still can't do you it. Still, yeah, you still can't do it. Um, um, then when Colorado, I think, was the first one to kind of dip their toes in that legalizing, yeah. you know, marijuana, I really stepped back with an open mind, going. Um, let's see how this works out. You know, here, here's a here's a good you know case study to see how you know, legalizing marijuana works out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Colorado's fine as far as as far as I understand it, and it's uh you know it's spread throughout the rest of the country. Yeah, you know, I think just like with anything, you know, alcohol, sex, drug, I think anything, you know, when it's done out of moderation and you don't have control, one hundred control over it, I think then it's an issue because I mean. You know, just the people that we see on a day-to-day basis, like people in the street that are addicted to it. I mean, you know, you obviously don't want your employees ending up like that. Yeah. And then we all know people that they're like the 1% of people that are that can do that stuff and still function at a very high level. Yeah, you know what yeah I'm just weed in general. I, yeah. I, I, I watched something the other day where somebody was like, you know, there is this successful uh, businessman or successful person in life that, does the same thing as you would go after a long day and crack open a beer. They light up a joint, they go to bed and they kill it the next day. Or there's the person that just sits around all day on the couch and smokes weed with no ambitions, which would be the person that just drinks all day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's a person. It's the person. It's not the substance. When you look at weed and, and alcohol, I right. think yeah. you start getting into hard drugs. It's a little bit different, but as far as weed right. goes, I agree with that, and and you, you you nailed it on moderation. Yeah, yeah. Moderation is the key to yeah you know, almost everything in life. Yeah, I think too. You know, different drugs have like there's a certain culture behind it. Like with weed, you know, laid back Bob Marley, relaxing. <laughs> right. And no, you're right. Is like Miami yeah. high speed boat chases <laughs> girl. You know, like different. Yeah. And I think too, like you know, the social social the way we think about things, you know, that kind of heavily influences us too when it comes to stuff like that. So. I, I would imagine, like, back then it was more of a culture thing than anything. Like, I think they knew, like, you know, weed wasn't that bad, no. but yeah. well, we don't want lazy people working and doing yeah. this job. You know? And I, <laughs> I think it's a, a good transition in, in, into your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's yeah, how's the, uh, the the fentanyl crisis, uh, you know, affecting you guys? Is it, you know, is it something that, that, that you see up there or you know, uh, not necessarily so in, in, in your neck? I will say this. When I, was, when I was doing narcotics in Flint, the one thing that I saw a lot was it was always meth. I, I think I saw, what was it, like, uh, it was like black tar fentanyl. Is that, no. is that one of them? Yeah, I saw that one time. Yeah. Um, but, no, mostly it's been, I mean, most of the most that I've seen has been meth. And, you know, you'll hit fentanyl. I mean, everything's cut with different Yeah, stuff I was just saying, everything, like everything's everything fentanyl. Like yeah. It's uh, using a drug. If you yeah. uh, To be honest, you can know, like, I'm going to test this in MDMA or, mm-hmm. you know, crack cocaine or, or you know, fentanyl or heroin. But it's going to test almost everything. It's just a con- – like, I don't know if they're doing that in Mexico. Like, oh, shit, these people are retarded. They'll smoke anything. Mm-hmm. Or uh, when it hits the streets, if it's just being – They're but, stepping on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, – uh, I'll tell you a, a, a funny story about uh, meth real quick. Then r- remind me to ask you the question about the culture of okay. of, of meth because you mentioned that you know drugs have cultures, and, uh-huh. that's, and that is 
That's, that's a, <laughs> it's a generalized statement, but it's but it's very true. So when I was in twentieth group, we would we would work. We had this thing called Kadota Counter Drug ODA, and we would work with law enforcement. Uh, throughout the state of Florida and do reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. So we were military, so we couldn't do anything like, you know, direct action, you know, or anything like that. But we could, we could, uh, we could do reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, various agencies would uh, ask us to, to, to help them out with certain cases. And so, um, probably because it was a, uh, it was a horrible job. So they asked us to do us because we'd do it for free. Um, we had to go sit out in the middle of this middle of the woods and uh, put eyes on this this meth lab out in the middle of nowhere. I was just gonna say, there's got to be a broken down car. It's got to be a uh, dirty uh, trailer oh, with the fan going. It's, like, right, it's like, right. I mean, your your classic yeah. meth situation. You know, and, you know, we're taking you know turns. You're gonna stay up all night, you know, and and mm-hmm. see who who comes and who goes, and uh, and they would just get up in the middle of the night randomly. And just start like doing laps around around the trailer. Yeah, they're and, tweaking, man. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, because they're tweaking. <laughs> I can do hundred push And and the guy next to me goes, "Man, uh, this I think that was one of my first jobs I did." And, and he had, he had done you know several of them. And he was like, "Yeah." He goes, "The I was like, what's he doing?" He's like, "Yeah, you know they they they're tweaking and they get they get real nervous and they uh-huh. get you know they." Um, he goes, "Yeah, he, uh, they start walking, doing laps around." He he, he probably thinks someone's you know watching him in the middle of the night. And I said, "But we we are." He's, yeah. he's ironically <laughs> enough tonight he's right uh, he doesn't yeah, know yeah. it but uh, yeah. but ironically enough he is right and doesn't even know it um what what would you say the culture of you know of of the meth community is i, I honestly when i think of meth maybe it's just from the movies it's always somewhere out in the middle of the woods they're usually maybe making moonshine maybe doing <laughs> something else but it, there's always like it's just all i think of uh I mean, you're, you know, typical. It's like a, like a trailer park drug, like, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it's, it's, I, like I said, I, when I think about it, like I said, I'm thinking exactly as you described it, you know, they're tweaking in the middle of the night. Um, and I think meth is like, well, so you would say would, meth is more predominantly white than black. I was, I was just, yeah, yeah. I was sitting here. I think meth is a, I was sitting here thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah. I've made too many racist, uh, Comment, not racist, Jesus. I made too many race comments, uh-huh. racial, 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 ra- racial. Racist, yeah. racial comments. But I was sitting here thinking, but you do. And then I started thinking, like, I there's a lot of people that are black that I've arrested for meth. It's just it's an upper, and uh, heroin and fentanyl are downers. And, and I don't know. I I think some people are just hardcore and they take them both, baby. Daytime <laughs> meth, nighttime yeah. heroin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they take yeah. yeah, they take them both. Yeah, I just when it pops in right. my head like I said, I, I just think of the, the movies like Yeah, cuz meth meth was white know. and crack cocaine was more for the black was yeah, in the black yeah. community a lot. So are you are you here telling us that Florida man has moved into Flint? You have a, you have an epidemic of Florida man going on up there just Guys in trailers. Yeah. They've made, they've made it to Michigan. Well, they've made it to I Michigan. Mean, yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> moving north now. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, I think like Tyler said, like, you know, now that I think about it, well, you know, like, you know, every anybody can do anything. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, so meth is the drug of choice down here. I actually um, forgot. It's, it's fentanyl. It, fentanyl, it's fentanyl is really right bad. Okay. I mean, it's so weird. I, the, where I work in Orlando, uh, it is a. It's called Orange Blossom Trail, baby, and it goes for miles, and there's parts of it that are really nice, and then there's parts that they've just, for 40 years, they've never been able to, uh, to and it was built, yeah. it was built, and I want to say the 70s, as like a, like a Vegas-style strip. Ooh, right. Ooh, uh, OBT's okay. a weird animal. Yeah. It is a weird animal. And it's you just s- drugs. You stay on hookers. it long enough, and you'll see, really? you'll okay. see 
everything. Like you said, from 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 actually, you know, kind of nicer places to everything in between. It was when I got hired at this agency, I was patrol there, and dope boys out in front of the Sitco was on every, not every, but the the heavy hitter blocks where they were known to be. They would stand out there ten, twelve deep and stare you down. I'm in a monkey suit in a monkey car. Mm-hmm. There's not much I can do. Um, then they created a uh, a proactive unit for OBT, which uh, I ended up on a year after they created it. And we have literally shut down these intersections and di- displaced them at least to hotels or, or houses where they have to do it. And it, at least the taxpayers, the nine to five people, can drive through there without seeing that. Without yeah. seeing it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not just seeing it, but yeah, they they get they get wrapped up in yeah. it. You know that you know that you yeah. know, and, and not say wrapped up in it like you know they they just get off the side of the road and start doing drugs with them. But you know that 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 leads to crime, and that and then that crime spills Hard-jackings. over, and that's right. And until and to be hardworking citizens. To be honest with you, man, I like being a. This is going to sound so corny. This is the only serious cop moment you'll hear from me in a while. <laughs> I like seeing little kids on bikes not being influenced by those guys because every time I would see a little kid on a yeah. bike talking to those guys, yeah. I'm like, well, he, right. that kid's doomed already. Right. And now they can ride their bikes with a fair shot of not being influenced by dope boys. I got to tell you, man, when I was, you know, hearing you say that when I was working in Flint, man, it's all it was, was it was the teenagers that were doing the the drive bys, you know, selling dope. And it pretty much just, you know, and it's crazy nowadays because when you talk, you know, you'll every once in a while you may arrest like an OG and he'll be like, man, these, you know, you'll get to talking to him or whatever, maybe for some info. And they'll be like, man, these young cats just don't have any any law or there's no there's order. no code there's no code man no. It's, it's it's it was insane to me just to see that culture like granted i you know i played golf my whole life and my and my dad would always try to you know my dad would always try to protect us from all that from all that you know stuff you know his yeah. whole thing was you know i want you to you know do better than i did but me yeah. wanted to, wanting to kind of emulate my father and just you know wanting to do all that crazy ninja stuff i was like no i wanted to you, you guys ever seen uh uh well, American Gangster when oh, uh, Ti when Ti and uh, Denzel are talking, he's like, "You ain't going to that baseball tryout." And he's like, "No, I want what you got, Uncle Frank." You know, well, it's kind of one of those. We talk things about and, uh, that all the time. Yeah, man. I was like, you know, I wanted, I really wanted to do what my old what my old man did because to me, my old man was such a legend. Like I grew up watching movies like Heat, you know, Cobra, like all the oh, all Heat. the what a good movie. What's uh, Steven Seagal movies? Just classic yeah. movies where you had cops that were just going out, you know, no women, no kids, and just kicking ass right and to me like you know being around those guys growing up all the special ops guys when my dad was in that unit and just seeing you know just strong confident men like being protectors right um to me that that really resonated with me and uh not to go off on a tangent but you know going back to the joke like everyone i tell people like you know what sports my family play they're like how did you end up playing golf with your sister like playing hockey <laughs> i didn't catch that that I is struggled right. with that right. for a very long yeah. time because you know with me thinking hey i'm the first son i should be doing yeah at something physical you into the and i'm right. out here yeah. with my double pop collars hitting nine irons <laughs> at the power fours and i'm just like man, i'm yeah. an athlete too yeah, yeah. i'm an athlete right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 oh that's funny I, you know i got a question for you and uh, you know um you know it is um slightly tiger woods related but you know mm-hmm. as, as we're you know, sitting here talking and talking about golf um you know tiger woods is obviously a you know i don't know gonna guess close to two decades uh, ahead of you mm-hmm. and uh and obviously you know, he dealt with things you know in, in the 80s at at uppity golf courses 
And I like to believe that, you know, uh, for all of our faults, America continues to to get better regardless of what, you know, the media mm-hmm. says. Things have gotten better. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, would you, were, you, were you playing, were you growing up and would say in, in the 90s or, or, or the 2000s playing golf? And, you know, kind of. I would say more of the 2000s. 2000s. Um, I mean, by that time, Tiger kind of paved the way for it to be like, hey, you know, I'm black and I can play golf. Like, right. You know, whether you like it or not. Right. You know, did you, the, score, the score is the score. It's you know, right. It has yeah, nothing yeah. to right. do with the color of my skin. Right. right. So and did you deal with that at, at all? No, was I, I really didn't. No, that? I, 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 I didn't deal with it. I love, um, I love to hear that. I, I love to I hear mean, that. at the end of the day, if you can golf your ball, you can golf your ball, man. You know? Yeah. So whether you're. Whether you're pissed because I beat you because you're white, not black, I really don't care. Sign <laughs> right. my scorecard. Right? It has, nothing, has nothing to do with the color yeah. of my skin. So, yeah. no, man, I think, you know, Tiger kind of gave the game, you know, when it came to African Americans playing golf, like a sense of confidence, too. Like, you know, because it was, you know, it's the first sport into where, you know, it was dominated by, you know, by white people historically. And then yeah. when Tiger came along, it was just like he brought that flair that swagger and he was just like yeah this is this is my time and i'm going to show you all what's, he, what's up. he did but he, he yeah. also did it he, i mean uh i, I know it's a, it's a it's a different uppity world and small mm-hmm. things can be a, a you know can be can mean can mean a lot but mm-hmm. yeah i still think he did it with a lot of professionalism oh you know, absolutely and, you yeah know, yeah you know he he did it you know i was he did it his way man right. and, and looking up to tiger and seeing him perform you know wearing that red and black on sunday that was yeah. for me man it was yeah. you know I'll never forget those days, you know, watching golf with my old man, and you know, it was it was something special because then we'd watch him play, and then we'd go play and hit balls and just get all hyped up. And did, you, did you ever get to watch him uh, play? Yeah, yeah, man. So in high school, I went to Grand Blanc High School, and if you made the varsity golf team, you literally back then the Buick Open was at Warwick Hills. So and we the golf team got to work the range. So you're like giving, you know, golf balls to the guys. You're seeing, you know, I saw Camillo, uh, Tiger. Um, forget like just any pro you can imagine was there it was uh it was a good time now they got rid of i forgot the i think it was my i think it was like my junior or senior year was the last year they had it there and now they have like uh the ally the ally tour golf tournament at warwick hills now which is like the senior tour so i wish they'd bring it back because i think that would bring a lot more people we'll, back there. we'll have to Switch gears so a little bit, or else we won't get into the other yeah. story. I, I could now. I want to ask you like LIV <laughs> questions uh, and all. Oh, and all you, know, you know, I, you know, I, I'm honestly so far. I'm not too far removed from it, but yeah. I really don't. Sometimes yeah. just the thought of swinging a golf club, I'm like, eh. <laughs> you guys want to do the uh, small business of the week? I think you're gonna like this one. All right, what you got? So we're gonna do a uh, every week. We're gonna do a veteran or first responder on small business to help promote them. So I right now. Uh, the first one to contact me was Salty Grunt Fishing, kind of slash warrior on the water. Uh, it's owned by Ryan, a Pennsylvania patrol cop. Uh, he's a SWAT officer, and he's a U.S. Army infantry veteran uh, and a Purple Heart recipient. Nice. Um, he said, I own a small bit, uh, small fishing charter business called Salty Grunt Sport Fishing out of North Wildwood, New Jersey. I also am the founder of a nonprofit called Warrior on the Water, where we take out other combat wounded veterans and first responders on an all expense paid fishing weekend. Uh, Salty Grunt Sport Fishing is always looking for another hero to take out on the water. If you have if you know someone who is a combat veteran who could use a day on the water, please send an email providing some details of the veteran's story, experience, and proof of service. All ap- all applications are reviewed thoroughly. Um, once a veteran is selected, I will contact them directly to set up a date for the excursion. We also strongly encourage Gold Star families as well as families of fallen police officers to reach out 
as we greatly appreciate their sacrifices as well. So I love that. That is amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's, you, yeah, that's great. That, man. That's exactly why we do. Why, you know, why, why we do that, uh, that, that segment to tell stories about people just like that. Brent's going to email him. <laughs> I'm a, you you want to go fishing? Yeah, I'm fishing. <laughs> We're gonna have to test it out, make sure it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you brought us some dope uh, tattoo. Yes, crew. guys. Uh, shout out to Mad Rabbit uh, Tattoo Care. Um, I've been using. I've been with them for two years now. Um, if you have tattoos, uh, protect your ink, man. Um, this right here. This right here is the balm. Uh, really uh brightens up your tattoos and makes the ink last longer so make sure you use my discount code mav223 that's mav223 at madrabbit.com so i'll tell you uh i I did a much better job on on my sleeves but my 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 first tattoo uh is a is a shark tattoo on my back with crossed arrows Mm -hmm. and because it's on my back is is it i got it in my 20s and it's on my back so it's harder to to kind of take care of i do wish i'd have taken care of it uh a little more and it's it'll uh It'll 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 require a touch up here and a, a little bit because of that. So I actually think this is a great product. Yeah, man, nice. they make uh, they make numbing cream. They make uh, you know sunscreen. I actually really like the repair gel that they make. Uh, I'm working on my my left leg right now, and that's it's really cut the recovery time just kind of down by a few days. Real quick, what's your what's your opinion on numbing cream tattoo culture? Um, has I think they've realized the tattoo industry that they can get a bunch mm-hmm. of white girls who now want tattoos but don't want to deal with the pain. The culture with tattooing mm-hmm. stems from enduring pain to have this on your body. A hundred percent. There are parts of your body that are excruciatingly painful yes, to get a yes. tattoo on, but once you get it, you're like, hell yeah, like your ribs. Try it. It sucks. Um, your elbow. This last. Yeah, session, I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, the last session that I had, like, cause damn near this, this thing is like damn near up to like my left nut, and uh, so he's like <laughs> inside of my thigh, and like yeah. he's, he's just going ham on it, and I just wanted yeah, to like, yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. god, yeah. I, I don't know stretching if a, the skin out, and I'm just like, I don't know if that's a testament to how <laughs> high your tattoo is or how low. Your, your nut is. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you think? Do you, do you agree with it? Do you think hey. that they... Sh- I mean, obviously, you're not saying that... We're not talking about this company's numbing cream in particular, but just numbing cream overall. Um, what's, your, what's your take on that? So my take on it is... I think there's levels to it, right? I think because now, because now you can like pay to go under, and then you could have a leg sleeve done in that. one session. Yeah. I I don't think that's that's a weird I don't think fun in that. I don't think that's right. I don't no. think that's right. I think I think it's kind of cheap. I think you need to experience. I think you need to experience the pain because I think you it makes it. you yeah. appreciate you the art a little bit more. Right. Now I will say this. I do like to get buzzed while I'm getting tattooed a little mm. bit, so you yeah. know I I kind of I kind of yeah. rock a little bit back and forth. But um, I've tried numbing creams; they really don't work. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, there's there's two different types. There's one. Yeah. There's a topo- topographical one that you can put on about two hours before you go, and it helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to break the outline. They have to break the skin with the outline. Once they do that, there is a cream that you can get uh, where they rub it on the outline and they and they let it set into the skin for about ten minutes, and then it really does. Does numb the surface. Uh, the only thing you're gonna feel is nerves and bone. Really? Yeah. Oh, it, okay. The skin yeah. is completely numbed. It's dope. Uh-huh. Um, he did it on my ribs and didn't tell me because he, he did the outline. I was like, God, this. <laughs> you robbed sucks. me of my glory. And then, <laughs> he, didn't tell and me. then he just, you know, you, you can't really see your tattoo artist is doing all kinds of things. He's always hurt. rubbing. Yeah. 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 And then, and I and I laid back down after he smoked a cigarette and I'm uh-huh. like, I don't. This doesn't hurt anymore. He's like, Yeah, I put numbing cream on. Man, I got you. And I was like. 
I'm so mad at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? so I was like, oh, thank God. It's I'm, like that when you're on the bench pressing somebody. No, no. I will say this, you know, as, as I kind of think about it, you know, there are people who have such a, a you know, a, a, a low threshold for, for, for pain tolerance that they cannot get tattoos. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get a tattoo artist in here and he could tell you stories. As soon as I put, you know, the, the, the needle on, they're jumping all over the place and, you know, and they could not the get a tattoo. Ah! <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, for, for those people, you know, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a time and a place for it as, yeah, as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think I definitely think it's a respect thing. So if you if you do use numbing cream and if you do uh, put yourself under, just don't tell people that and don't. <laughs> you, no, so. you better tell me. <laughs> not, I don't want to sit there and be like, oh man, that guy endured some oh, pain. You're fake man, yeah, get out of here. You anyway. <laughs> hey, yeah. I, I want to be the first one to tell you that I'm actually uh, calling this a uh, tattoo, you know, cream and beard cream. It's. You just put it on your beard. I, right? I, I did. See it. Oh my I god. Did. My face burns. <laughs> it's hey, a twofer. It's you a wanted, twofer. Do you want to do a dumbass cop of the week this week? I got one that's going to get outdated if we if we wait till next week. Do it. All right. So in Columbus, Ohio, I know you've seen it. <laughs> dumbass cop. This what we're doing. We're doing dumbass cop and uh, and uh, and, and yeah. kind of countering it. I have a uh, good cop, bad cop. Yeah. If you will. So the dumbass cop of the week. It, this isn't to shit on law enforcement, but this is to talk about how sometimes cops do dumb shit. They respond in Columbus, Ohio, to a father who called about his 11-year-old daughter was coerced by a grown man to send her naked pictures of him, herself naked to him, right? Dad finds it. Dad calls law enforcement. Takes six hours for deputies to get there. A lot of people don't understand. It's not a priority call. If you're not in immediate danger, we will come, which I want to get to with the Flint stuff, mm. but it might be a while. Uh, patrol is going to respond if they're on their way to your house and an emergency comes out, they're going to break and go to that call because someone is in need of immediate response, right? Mm. Patrol comes, which I think six hours for this is ungodly, but that's the world that we live in now. That's a defund the police movement. Uh, That's what you're going to get. They're probably at 60% strength. Yes. In a a major city like Columbus, Ohio, right? So they show up. Again, there's things that I'm not, I don't want people to think that I'm agreeing with these officers, but there's things that you need to consider how many calls they've been on all day. Um, you know, they're, they're training, you know, whether or not they've been, had done something like this before. And it what you know, I, when we're new cops, sometimes people say, we'll go do something and someone police said, you can't talk to people like that. Luckily, it's not on camera. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't complain. Luckily, it wasn't on a doorbell camera, right? But I, I've had those conversations and I realized you know, seven years in, people deserve, I've gotten out of my, I'm an awesome cop. And now I've really believed that the people deserve a cop that's going to help them. Right. So mm-hmm. they come, uh, he, the, the dad does say, I called you guys six hours ago, which you have to realize they don't know. They can't sit there and break down the current state of policing and go, I, I it's okay that you, six hours, I, you know, maybe telling the guy, Hey, sorry, we just lots of calls. So um, essentially he said he tells the cops what happened. Um, and he even said, I know there's probably nothing you guys can do about it, but I would like you to talk to her, but she's sleeping. What he was doing was he wanted the cops, which is a very common thing, is for people to go, will you tell, talk to my children? Mm-hmm. That is a split down the middle thing for me because I understand why. Because we're, if it comes from a cop that tells you you're doing something unsafe, that that's very more that's more impactful than your mom telling you. However, 
I'm a firm believer it's not our fucking job to raise your kids. <laughs> it is not law enforcement's job to raise your kids. It's yours. So that being said, uh, he says that this female cop decides she's going to say, well, we can charge your daughter with child porn distribute. And he what? goes, what? You guys haven't seen this? No. no. Oh, no, no. no. The, the father me. was like, excuse me? And she goes, yeah, she created it. We can charge her. 11 years old. I don't know. What? what? Oh, and that's just right <laughs> there. If she hadn't said that, that would have been a complaint on, on deputy's late response and maybe lack of caring, you know. But in all reality, you can't get in trouble for not showing, oh, my God, on every call. You show up, if, if you, you provide your police services at the bare minimum. If, if the citizen is unhappy with them, they have a right to complain on you, and that's our life. Right. She said, we can charge your daughter with distribution of child porn. And the, the father was like, all right, have a good night, and walked inside. <sighs> what the police community is upset about is that instead of going, okay, going inside and calling for a supervisor or calling a captain the next morning, uh, his door cam was released to the the leftist media that wants every chance they can to shit on cops. And it's yeah, it's right. one bad cop decision on, yeah. you know, that happened, you know, it's just, at, that's my rant. At, <clears throat> at, the end of, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll always defend this segment because, you know, uh, I, again, I, I was not in law enforcement. It's why I don't do the bad cop part. Um, but you, you have, you have to call out your own like that. That is part of becoming a, a you know, a, a better policing force is, is policing your own. So, yep. so just don't, um, everything could have been avoided. She didn't say that. And again, <laughs> right. you know, maybe her zone partner going, Oh, hearing that there was two there. He didn't go pull her aside and try to do damage control right there because I've done that where, a cop says something I know is going to go south. Yeah. It's either going to piss this person right. off or and I'll I'll tell them to go away and I'll go talk to this What's, person. I am sorry that they just said that. That was unprofessional. And it usually if you, you know, do that, they yeah. go, okay. Did, did so, she did, did I'm sorry. Did, no, go did, ahead. Did, did did she have someone next to her while, yep. while she was saying that and and that that police officer stayed, stayed he, silent? Yeah, he was even he, he even was like more pro her. He didn't say what Ooh. she said, but you know, and it's a doorbell camera, so you can't see his facial gestures if he like looked yeah. at her weird. But, you know, I just think that speaks to the quality of people you're getting nowadays, man. Because yep. I I teach at a, a local academy back in Flint, and some I I'm just gonna say it, some people that roll through there, it's like, what are you doing here? But I mean, that's supply and demand, right? Demand yep. is extremely high for police officers. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, I mean, I I can get in now. Like everything is so so lax now you know what i'm saying and it's just like and i it it kind of it makes me a little bit upset because it's almost like you had to be damn near perfect to even get in and now it's just like you got people that are like i don't know a couple misdemeanors a couple of dvs and they're like getting getting hired and it's like what in the hell you know what i'm saying but there's a there's a there's a I, I had a misdemeanor charge i had to wait five years you know there, there it's, it's like brent said no one there's there's some things that probably should exclude you from law enforcement forever. Mm. But I mean, small mistakes in your early, you know, adult life, you know, we, good people make mistakes and we need good people in law enforcement. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know, obviously use discretion, you know, case by case, but sometimes, right. you know, you can just, you, you can tell when right. somebody two minutes, but yeah, you, you can just tell, you're just like, you just, 
don't have it. But, you know what I'm saying? But what that cool off period does yeah. by you know forcing you know the weed thing was it three years? Yeah, know, yeah, three years. Know, and, yeah, and, yeah, and a misdemeanor five years. Mm-hmm. What that what that forces you to do is 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 what allows you to do mm-hmm. is to not make a mistake. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Come back yep. to the department yep. and say, look, that that was that's not who I am. That 100%. that was a mistake. Yeah. This is me now. Hire me and. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, you know, there's, I'm a big fan of that. And maybe I said that wrong. I didn't mean like if you'd, you know, because like I, like like you said, Tyler, everybody, you know, makes mistakes. I'm just, I just think that there are some mistakes that you really need to be held accountable for. And I oh, think, right. you know, yeah, I, I really, I think those mistakes are now we're like letting those mistakes slide, and it's like, you, know, yeah. you can't, really, no you can't really let that. You can't let this. They're, slide. they're admitting to it, yeah. and then there's no like, holy, there's like, oh, well, you admitted to it. You know, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I just think that you know. We can't go too far off the handle, and I think that's where we are right now. Is we're just too far. Yeah, the we're pendulum too far swung gone. too far. Yeah, it way it, too and, far. And in every sense of mm. of, of our culture, mm. um, hey, I'll, you, I'll I'll kick off good cop of the week. You got one? Yeah, I I I do have one, and uh, it's it's slightly cheesy, and you're not gonna like this, but it's yeah, but, but, dance. but it's but it's true. No, I'm not gonna dance. <laughs> um, is uh, and it's you, you know. Uh, you know the uh, the thing you went through, uh, the decisions you had to make, you know, you know, and decisions that you had to live with making the right call. Um, and I'd like to you know to have you tell that story. Yeah. Um, so just to backtrack a little bit, because what I went through, uh, it, there were a lot of things that built up to that point when I because it wasn't just it just it wasn't just the shooting that day. It was a lot of things that built up to that day, and. Uh, so like when I when I first entered policing, like I was I was brand new. I was a bougie kid that played golf. Even though my dad was a cop, he you know he wanted to protect you know us from that right. you know from those stories and everything. Right. But sometimes you just be like, man, sometimes why is this motherfucker so angry all the time, right? <laughs> and then when you start doing policing, you're like, oh, this is this is why. This yeah. is yeah, why. I can um, attest. My dad. and I had that you know I I had that. Uh, that desire to, you know, continue my dad's legacy of, you know, having that good name, having that respect and having that honor. So I decided I wanted to do all the crazy. I really fell in love with firearms. I really did. And uh, I took every class that I possibly could. I was living at home. I was saving a ton of money, working ungodly amounts of overtime. And (laughs) in my mind, I was thinking, hey, you know, everybody was like, hey, you want to go out? No, I'm going to go to work and make some cash and get in car chases and do crazy stuff. Right. Um, I mean, ultimately, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, so I did that. And I, the very first class that I took was uh, Will Petty's VCQB class. And I got there and I was like, holy shit. I'm, I, don't, I didn't think I was going to pass. But <laughs> I literally stayed after every day that week. It was, in, uh, it was in Defiance, Missouri. And we had that qualifier that we had to pass. The first time I did it, it was horrible. And I stayed after every week and I finally passed it. There were some guys that didn't make it through. And uh, I, I was on the got on the SWAT team um, right after uh, I think it was a couple months after patrol. And I really took that took that to heart. Um, and it was I really immersed myself in the culture that I grew up listening to at the dinner table with my mom and dad, the stories they would tell. Um, I really got immersed into and took pride in going to calls. And, and this was so stupid. And I hope you know, unless you have to, don't do going to calls by myself. If there was a shooting that went out, I wanted to be the one that was going there. I wanted to be the one that was clearing the house by myself. And looking back on it now, it was so stupid. And my old man would tell me all the time. He was like, <laughs> why are you doing all this shit by yourself? And I remember one time I, 
I had a good traffic stop, and uh, you know, I, I sent him a picture of all the stuff I got, and he was like, "Were you by yourself?" And I was like, "Yeah, I was by myself." And he was like, "You fucking." <laughs> I retard. love that it was his first question. Yeah, are you right. by yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and what I didn't understand at the time, and I I thought he was, oh, he doesn't approve or whatever, but no, he was like, "I don't want anything bad to happen to you. Right. Like, stop. Like, right. you know, stop." Who do you think you are, Rob O'Neill? Yeah. <laughs> man, man. You know, at at the time, yeah, it was <laughs> only one story. <laughs> it's my story. <laughs> Yeah, at the time right, I thought now it's only your story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can make man. this however and, I want. <laughs> and so, like you know, three years of that, you know, getting guns pointed at you, it like gets to a boiling point, and you don't really realize it because when you're at work for 16 hours a day, you're the only thing you really focus on is like staying alive and making sure your people are good. So on this particular day, um, you know, the the girl I was with at the time. Um, I remember getting up that morning and, uh, you know, so, you know, we tried to have sex. I couldn't. I wasn't in the right state of mind. Like something was wrong and I really couldn't figure it out. And I just remember crying out of nowhere, just sobbing. And I was like, I feel like I'm drowning. And I really didn't know how to. She thought it was her. It wasn't. I mean. This course, was a, this know. was the same day of the shooting. It was the same day. Of the sh- this was the morning of the shooting. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. It was o- it was an overtime shift. It was the Juneteenth parade. Yeah, I remember getting up and you know we tried having sex. I couldn't. I was and she thought it was her and it was just miscommunication. And then I remember just like just feeling tired and sad for some reason. And I was just like I feel like I'm literally drowning and I don't know why. So I go to work. Uh, at the time, I was commuting between there and Novi, and uh, you know, and it was just like any other day. You know, you load up your cruiser, you say hi to everybody, what's going on? Ah, we're just working this overtime detail, and uh, so me and my partner, uh, um, his, his street name was Shadow. Uh, we, you know, we were going up ahead, and we were, you know, we were clearing traffic for you know the parade that was coming up, and the Clarissa Shields was leading the parade, right? So we go up to the next spot. They're like, hey, go up to the next spot, direct cars uh, uh, westbound. So we, so I'm directing traffic, and there's people, uh, you know, it's a parade, so there's a, lot, there's a lot going on. And all of a sudden, this gray car pulls up in front of me with tinted windows, and I'm telling it, go this way, go this way, and it's just sitting there. And all of a sudden, I see the... I see the bullet holes penetrating the class, like, douche, 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 douche. And I duck, and I'm looking around. And like everybody's continuing on as normal. How far are you? How far away are you from the car? Oh, like ten feet. I'm super close. Super close. And uh, so I see, and I hear, you know, I see the bullets penetrate the glass, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, "Did somebody just shoot at this car?" My partner was, (laughs) my partner was, uh, you know, he was setting up the cones by the cruiser, so he he really didn't see it. So I pull my, you know, pull my gun, automatic responses, classical, pull my gun, step to the right, and uh, I see this girl. Uh, sitting in the car and her eyes are just like wide open like it was kind of scary like uh and i was like so i got my gun pointed at her i'm still looking around because i'm still confused i don't know what yeah. what the hell yeah, just happened chaotic, no, yeah and so i don't want to keep no keep, go ahead, i just want to paint paint a picture uh-huh. are, are you driver's side or passenger side when this is happening i am driver's side your driver's side yep so I'm, so the car is right in front of me and i i step to the right so i'm on her side okay and she's got the window down um so, you know, I, I got my gun pointed at her. I'm like, honey, are you good? Put your hands up. I'm like cycling through talking to her like she's a suspect or <laughs> a victim right, yeah. because I don't yeah, know yeah, what I don't know what is going you on. You haven't seen point. the gun yet. Haven't seen the okay. gun yet. So, ca- you know, right. The, the, yeah. ca- the chaos that that ensues, you mm-hmm. know, on, on these firefights that you're not ready for. I don't yeah. think people understand. 
how short of a time you have to make a good decision. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, sometimes when you're in that, you know, when you're in that fight or flight, some, you know, you get those automatic responses that you've trained with the hours and hours upon the range, but sometimes you just don't have time to make the best decision that you could possibly make. Like, I remember... Right, yeah. I remember watching this video and all the guys in the tactical community were like, oh, he should have done this, 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 oh, this. And that we talk really about that all the time, you know, and, you, it, and looking back on it, it really kind of it really kind of fucked me up in a way because these were yeah. guys that I kind of looked up to. It, and, it, it, it's, yeah. it, it's to to put somebody on blast that just went through that and they'll say, we're going to do this for training. And yeah, you know, for and training, then within yeah. three sentences in, they're pretty much borderline shitting on that cop mm-hmm. who here's the thing, too. This wasn't a operation that was set up pre-planned and executed you weren't about to you weren't deploying on the SWAT team going into a house you were standing there directing traffic at so you weren't even in the mindset 30 seconds prior that you were going to be shooting somebody no and not to mention i was extreme i was extremely tired like we were working like yeah. five days a week 16 hour days like there was it was a hustle and it was a grind and that particular day i was i was done yeah um but yeah, so she, you know, she's sitting in the car, I got my gun drawn on her and I, you know, I get closer and I, you know, I'm like, honey, are you good? And she turns at me and she's like, get the fuck away from me. And at that point is when I switch gears. Right. And yeah. that's when you see me cut to the side and I look into the car and I see she's holding a silver gun in her left hand. And it's so funny because, uh, you know, that that's kind of when time slowed down. At this point, can you tell is she the only one in the car? She's the, oh, I yeah, she's the only one in the car. So that I remember she's the only one in the car at that point in time in my mind. Whether right. there was some, right. the windows were tinted, whether there yeah. was somebody else in the car, right. it, at that point it was kind of irrelevant. I right. I couldn't see completely inside the car. Yeah. So um but yeah, so she had the gun in her left hand and and I and then that's when it hit me. I was like, She tried to fucking kill me. <laughs> yeah. And uh so I you know, I switched gears automatically. I'm like, honey, put your hands up. And she's just like I think that's the first time like I've seen a person lose completely lose it and it terrified me. And uh and like I just knew what time it was. There there yeah. was no there was no compromise, there was no hey, let's talk about it. Right. Like she's this already was, voted. Yeah, yeah, it was there. So when I said that, I said, honey, I gave her one less chance to put her hands up. She turned towards me. And I just remember in the back of my mind when time was slowing down, like a voice in the back of my head was like, this is it. Yeah. And that's when I pulled the trigger. And, you know, that's when I saw her head snap back. And that's when the car rolled forward. And at that point, I was I was done. Uh, um, I, I, the, yeah. The video footage you sent is. Um, it's definitely. It's just not your typical shooting. Um, first off, you have people driving by, giving their two cents on what happened. Um, they're not scared at all. I don't know if this reflects on today's society, but people are driving by filming you saying, did that cop just shoot that woman? Did that cop just... Or normal people would be like, holy hell, and get out of there. Yeah. But, you know, you know, it almost seemed like one person was like jumping the gun about blaming the typical police shooting people, and then the person in the car was kind of, you know, talking like, you know, let's just get out of here. We don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. The, the the crazy, and, and of course, you know, there's no, I understand there's no real reason to try to, 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 to logically, you know, you know, figure out what this girl is thinking, you right. know, because, but it just, it just shows that the hatred for police because she, she doesn't know you, right? She can see the color of your skin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of course she, she has no idea that, 
you went to an HBCU. What a horrible person, you know, to try to, you know, to try to take out your your anger on. Yeah, but obviously there's, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know what's still funny? I, I used to wrestle with that a lot, and it still kind of bugs me. It's like a stain I can't remove from my brain. I, there's still part of me that wishes I could have reached her some other way because, I mean, at that point in time, I mean, I, I grew up old school, right? You protect women and children. You don't hurt them. You don't kill them. And I had just killed a woman. And yeah, I, I uh, at the time, like, I, you know... I was just like, I wish I could have just like, you know, that's not what that's not what I spent all that training yeah. for in my skill. At the time, that's not what I thought. But when I when I was doing therapy, he was like, no, that's exactly why you trained. It may not have been what you envisioned because you, I mean, you envision the Miami Vice uh, running and gunning, bulletproof vest, I, and killing a bad guy that was trying to kill you, like the yeah, Wild West. That's right. what you envision. I envision, right. and I also envisioned killing a man. I didn't, yeah. and I wow, and, yeah. and I didn't understand that until I read uh, On Killing by uh, Grossman, and that yeah. book really put put shit in perspective for me. And it's and it's crazy because it's like our culture is like gone totally against the natural just the order of things yeah. it's it's right. it's insane man did did uh, any of her stray rounds uh, strike any civilians uh yeah so i think one i had a a, a round that uh went through went through the door of the car and then hit the people that were filming it i think it like your like round? A little piece, yeah one of the rounds went and hit their car so oh. it was just a little i mean it was a little granted it you know you know what's funny so. too is you'll go through all that did anybody give you any grief at your department for that round no. Okay. Oh, good. That's good to hear. No. Uh, it's you know I don't want to make this about me. I'm mm -hmm. just trying to you know r relate to the story. The very first uh, com you know, combat mission I was on as as a Green Beret, mm -hmm. uh, you know the village erupted on us uh, as we got off the 47, and um, yeah, you know, we were we were shooting everything that was shooting at us. Mm -hmm. And when it was when it was all said and done, we started you know clearing in compounds and you know. And the shooting was kind of over. We're just kind of doing battle damage assessment. Mm -hmm. You know, there was there was a, a a dead woman, you know, on the on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at her and going, "Man, you know, I, I didn't come to Afghanistan to to, to kill women. Mm -hmm. You know, this was yeah." You know, so I I I understand that. Like when you said that, my my mind races back to that. And uh, my my senior Bravo walks up to me and knew what I was thinking. You know, without me having to say anything, and said. She, she, the same thing I kind of told you. She, mm -hmm. she got the vote. She was here. She made decisions to put her here. Don't, don't, don't think about this too much. Keep going. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and honestly, that, I, and it never affected me, uh, really again, mm -hmm. you know, cause, cause he's right, you know, and, and you were right, you know, for what you did. You know, that's, she, man, she put you <laughs> to say, yeah. I, I, I'm really glad for you that it was so cut and dry. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you're, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're still human, and you still have to deal with things. But you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, it was a very cut and dry, justified shooting that you right. wish you didn't, you know, you wish you didn't have to do. But I don't, I don't, I don't see. I, I believe you handled it in the absolute best way you could have, and you know, and yeah, that, that type of I, I do too. I just feel yeah. like there's, a, you know, there's always just a part of you, especially because you know, I had worked in Flint for at that point, you know, four and a half years, I kind of understood the culture and the way things are at that city. And it was just like, and sometimes you can reach people and sometimes people are just gone. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've had my mental struggles too, you know, with depression and everything. And some days you're just like, you know, some days you just want to eat your gun and some yeah. days you almost get to that point. Yeah. Um, 
Did you guys, were you guys able to find out any more history uh, on, on, on yeah, the woman that so shed some I, more light on it? Yeah, I, I, I believe her boyfriend, like two days prior, had been killed in a, in a, in a shooting. I don't, it wasn't by police. It was by somebody else. And I do believe she was a, a Black Lives Matter supporter. Um, but, and I do know that she left a suicide note. Um, other than that, I, you know, and it's so funny cause you know, when I teach my class and I pull up a picture and you know, it's her in a dress getting ready for prom. I was like, and I tell the recruits, I'm like, you may have to, Damn. you may have to kill somebody that looks like this. It's I, not what you think I'll, it's going to be. I'll tell you why I'm really glad you do that. Uh, and which, which sound sounds weird, but you're absolutely right for doing that. And one of the reasons that I'm a firm believer that special operations has a much lower rate of PTSD um, yet sees the, the most amount of combat, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our last 20 years is because when we go through our training, we're told, you know, the Q course is a year, was a year and a half long, you know, mm-hmm. the special forces qualification course. Mm-hmm. And they tell you every training iteration, what it seems like day in, day out, you will, you will see your buddy dead. You will carry your, your dead buddy to a helicopter. Mm-hmm. You will see, you know, civilians dead. Like this is a part of war. And so when you see it, it does, it, you know, it, it conditions your mind to be like, yeah, I, it's, it's still, it, it still gets you, you know, when, yeah. when you first see it, yeah. but immediately you, you do go back and go, but yeah, I was, I was told this is what I was going to see. And mm-hmm. I do believe it helps prepare them uh, for, you know, for that. So I'm really glad you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what Grossman, it all starts in the mind too. You have to you know, I make them go through an exercise. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let you guys, it's, it, it's a little unorthodox, but I think it stresses home the point of how having to kill somebody is, it's a very intimate thing. And I, and I say, what, what, what other thing is intimate that we as human beings do? And they're like, and they're, I'm like, it's sex. And I'm like, you guys have to understand that sex and killing, even though they're, they're different, they're very similar because the closer you get to somebody, if you have to kill them, the closer it, you know, with submission and the penetration and things like that. And almost everybody in that class, when I tell them, I said, if you had to kill somebody, how would you do it? Like I said, it's very unorthodox and it's very, it's kind of taboo, but I do it to iterate a point because everybody in the classroom thinks the same thing. I'd rather kill a man if I had to, and I'd rather do it with a gun. I don't want to have to stab somebody. I don't want to have to feel or, or choke somebody, or if I'm in a fight for my life or if somebody's going after my gun and I don't have options, I don't want to have to yeah. think outside the box, like gouging eyes out or things like that. And I'm like... I'm like, you guys, you have to like our, you know, America's very violent. Now you have school shootings like happening left and right. I said, you know, law and order has kind of gone down the drain. I said, you have to be prepared to, to do these things if you have to. Right. And, and not to get, you know, too, I guess, into the weeds on, mm-hmm. on this, but you know, killing isn't like the movies. It's, no. it's, it's not clean. Mm-hmm. People just don't, you know, kind of fall. And, you know, that's kind of the end of it, you know, all yeah. the time. Like it's, it, uh, you know, human body does does weird things <laughs> yeah uh, you know yeah. the weirds uh, here here's things that sometimes you know smells come rushing back to me if if, if i'm in a oh, weird, bet, if i'm yeah. in a weird uh, i don't know alley sometimes i can close my eyes and just kind of you know, smell it and be like mm-hmm. this this reminds me of you know this reminds me of uh, iraq or afghanistan you know and, and it takes me right back to that alley under nods you know mm-hmm. walking at night in, in that same alley and the same thing with Again, with you know, with with you know, dead people, you know, you, you know bodily fluids and and sounds. Uh, it's just not. Um, it's it's not always a it's not always a clean job. And yeah, you have I, to be prepared to yeah. say, hey, it's 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 not going to look like that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's not like the movies, man. And you know, we get you know, where do we get our training from? It's like you you watch play video games and you watch television, yeah. right? And you hear stories. I love I love uh the memes on the internet where it's like what I thought a dying person was and it was an action movie where they're like, oh, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And, and then somebody mimicked what a, a shooting somebody in the head looks like, and they just flop over and. <laughs> yep. But yep, like 100%. I, I, the hero of the week thing, uh, good cop of the week, hero of the week thing. It, you know, to me, it's not passing out backpacks and dancing. It has their place, and I get mm-hmm. why they do it. But to have to to be able to showcase and recognize, um, someone like you. To, that really represents the cops that go out there, stand in the heat, right? That's the that's the thing that you think is going to be the worst part of your day, standing in the heat in the middle of June, right? You think that. Right. And then you're placed in that decision, and then everything after that, everything that you go through after that, and you still put your vest on, you still lace your boots up, and you still go out there. Yeah. And to me, that, you know, that is a true hero, in my and, opinion. And then I, I, I just... People, I don't think, um, you know, do a good enough job of, of of the you know personalizing cops, and 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 what I mean by that is, you know, it's ironic that you know the story you went through about you know the worst day you're about to have on the job, mm-hmm. probably, you know, is it a safe assumption to say it's probably the the the, the worst day you, you had on the job? I would, yeah, you know, I would say uh, that's probably. I mean, it's, I would it's, say it's long lasting, you know. Day, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it started out as a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> cops cops show up to work. <laughs> cops show up to that work. Was very, that was uh, a very bad. That was a right. very bad day. Yeah. You know, and, I yeah. Right. And cops show up to work in a bad mood. Yeah. They're they're humans. Yeah, sometimes you, know? you just and get then, in a fight with the wife. And and then and then cops yeah. have to you know cops aren't dealing with you know our our community's best on a mm-hmm. you know on a on a daily basis. You're the people you're interacting is there's a reason you're having to interact with these people. You know, and so you're 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 interacting with. With people uh, you know, at their worst day, because they because now they're having to deal with you mm-hmm. on your worst day, yeah. And uh, I don't I don't think people give cops credit enough that uh, some days you just have a shorter fuse mm-hmm. uh, than other days because because you're human. Yeah, man. You know that was that was you know it was uh... not that was a short fuse response. Yeah, just 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 <laughs> yeah. just just, 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 just in yeah. We typically don't right. shoot people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I will say this, and I I know it's not what you meant. Uh, I'm just gonna I just want to elaborate a little more on it. And and I and I've I've been there uh, as far you know I've been shot. It, you know it was on ISR. You know and I got to I got to see the mistakes that you know that that I made that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to see you know you know your mistakes or 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 got to hear people you know talk about your mistakes. Mm-hmm. I still think AARs, you know, after action reviews and reviewing those things for lessons learned is an absolute good tool and it's and it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. And for people to be able to say, You should have done this. Mm-hmm. But but what I mean by that, and I and I'm asked sometimes to come on and, you know, kinda and I, I've talked to you about this yeah. before, where they ask me, Hey, you know, you wanna weigh in on this police shooting? Generally speaking, I I don't like to do that because mm-hmm. I'm not a police officer. Um, but I will say, yeah, you know, there are times I've come on and say, well, tactically, you know, from you know from a special operations standpoint, mm-hmm. this is this is what we you know you could have you could have done differently. Um, but I I'm, I'm I always say it over and over again. But but you never make the best decision, you know, uh, you know, and the worst moment of your life in a split second decision. I didn't yeah. I don't I never expect you to to handle that, you know, perfectly. 
you know, but I, I expect you to, to handle it within, you know, the, uh, within the realm of your capabilities, 100%. which is 100% what yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, it, you know, guys like you that have, you know, you've seen war, you, you know, you've got all the specialized training, you know, I think law enforcement, we try to look up to you guys and we take what you guys say to heart. So when, especially for somebody like me, you know, I took, you know, I, you I tried who, to be the you best. Say who it was? I can bleep it out if we decide to later. Oh, I, I think it was, man. Oh, I never heard of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just remember watching that. And I, I was already in a bad mental space anyway. <laughs> yeah, and so when I heard him say it, I'm like, man. I mean, it wasn't, re- he wasn't really somebody that I like looked up to, but it was just like, come on, man. Like, seriously. I think it's like I didn't have time. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it used to be databases in the 90s and 2000s uh-huh. where, and networking, where you would get a video and then it would be able to be taught to cops in the academy or in classes, right? Now that there's social media, Everybody and their brother now gets to go judge that cop. I am to go to backtrack. I, I 100% agree with you. And maybe I was, I don't want anybody to think that I think all cops should see all shootings. All cops should. Yeah, be, I, I know what you meant. Yeah. We, and, we've talked enough about this. I, and like, I, that's so important. But I think it gets, it gets sh- shitty when it's on social media and most of the people commenting are not law enforcement. There are, there are people that okay. I think should weigh in about tactics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, you know, but as far as that opens the door to it being shared and spread and shared and spread. And then, you know, you don't, what you don't know is there's certain things about that incident that happened before or are happening and you just can't see it. And it's, it's also a classic case. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Yeah. You can say the same thing, you know, through a humble demeanor and, you know, and, and get, you know, and, and have a good conversation about it. I always tell people when I show them that video, I said, don't do what I did and just fall apart because when I look back on it, I was like, you know, what was the reasoning for that? But you didn't fall I, apart. I did, man. You, I crumbled to the ground. I was done. Like, are you talking about after the shooting? After the, you know, after I pulled the trigger, I was done, man. You know, I, and the cars rolling, the parade still going on. There could have been, you know, there could have been other people in the car. And, right. you know, I always tell people the reason I fell apart was because even despite all the training that I had put myself through, I wasn't prepared. And I always said I wasn't prepared to kill a woman. Mm-hmm. I, w- I just wasn't. Right. And thinking back, like that is that is the basis of the class I teach is like be pre- be prepared. It's going to it's not just going to be a man because like right. I said, movies, television, uh, I think he Grossman calls it operant conditioning. We're we're conditioned to where men are expendable, right? We, you know, it, that's how it's always right. been. With selective service, right. you know, we we yeah. go off to fight wars. It is what it is. How you know? dare you? <laughs> You're right. Women yeah. are expendable too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always, yeah, all yeah. the feminists in the uh, class, but uh, well, you know, <laughs> Jordan Peterson did. I'm I'm gonna butcher this, uh-huh. but uh, I was watching this um, interview between him and a feminist, and uh, and she says, you know, you know, this is such a male dominated war uh, mm-hmm. world, and you know, men have it so good. And he and he fired back and he goes, how so? Men men die uh, by suicide at uh, by suicide at an astronomical rate. Mm-hmm. Men die in war at an astronomical rate. Uh, you know, men are imprisoned at an astronomical rate. Right. You know, the the sewage, the construction, the roofers, like the the absolute hardest, worst jobs in in America are are all done by by men. Uh, so you know you know. He was like, so, so tell me how, how men have it so great. 
Um, <laughs> and you know, there's you know, as always, there's always two sides of argument. But that's mm-hmm. that's a point that that doesn't you know that that, that doesn't get brought up. Um, and it's just it's true about you know our our society. Yeah, right? and I and I you know I I bring it up. You know, I'm not trying to start a you know, feminine yeah, non-feminine. I, right, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to say that there's the, there's this natural instinct, especially if you want to be in law enforcement and you want to be a protector. I yeah. believe. You know, and every class that I teach, it's the same. I would rather kill a man, and it's even even women. They would yeah. say they'd rather kill a man, and that's yeah. that is just that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, the did that day, did that incident make you a better cop? Yeah, dude, because that was your day off, right? That was an overtime gig. Yeah, it was overtime. You could not. Our sergeant was like, "Yeah, you guys need to come out." I'm like, fuck, man, I work today. Mm. Um. Did it make me a better cop? You know, I I really don't talk about this much, but part of, part of me did die that day. I think a little bit of my warrior spirit did die that day. Um, I, because like I said, there's still part of me that wishes I could have, I could have, you know, reached out to her. And and it's not just that. It's it's also the culture in law enforcement right now. Like you can't really do your job anymore. And after I went through that, like I'm like. God, there's still so many other things that I want to do in this lifetime. And yeah. in a blink of an eye, it can be taken away from you just like that. 100%. Did it make me a better cop? No. Did it make me want to keep working? I'm going to be honest with you guys. No, it did not. Let me uh, um, let, me, let me hit you with this. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, people have messaged us and asked us to speak on it. So Daytona Beach. And I mm-hmm. thought it was kind of, you know, you're, you were in Daytona. Yeah, um, Daytona, yeah. I think it was a couple years ago, two years ago, uh, Officer Jason Rayner was shot in the head and killed. Uh, oh, was that? Uh, what was he doing that day? So from what I understand, and I could be wrong, it was a stolen vehicle call or something involving a stolen vehicle. Uh-huh. Uh, Officer Rayner approached the vehicle, lawfully detained the person inside, uh, which was a male like i forget it was a dude with dreads and gold teeth right yeah that yeah i remember that one scuffle ensued officer Rainer was shot in the head uh Mm -hmm. he was taken to the hospital and where he succumbed to his injuries that trial just ended where the suspect got a manslaughter charge shot an officer in the head to try to get to to evade him and he just it's it's I don't. I'm sure Daytona people will reach out to us after we air this mm-hmm. and give us the down and dirties. But I don't know if the state fumbled, and that's all they could get. I don't know if the judge. I don't know what happened, but that was a shocker in our community when that came out. Yeah, I just don't think right now. I always kind of compare it. To, you guys remember the end of uh, Batman where? Uh, Gordon's like doing a voiceover and Batman's running from the cops and the dogs are chasing like, him. Not the hero like, we need. Yeah, he's not. We, we don't need him right now, but we're just going to beat him up until we need him again. Yeah. That, that's I feel like that's what it's kind of like. Like there, I just don't like I feel like the place for like warriors in uh, law enforcement and now what is the military now like they it's want it more diversified. 100%. Like I feel like the the natural um, and kind of the old school way of being a warrior is no longer accepted or wanted right now yeah. and i think that's kind but of will be needed it, it, yeah will be needed later on um so when you asked me did i think it you know I, i'll rephrase did it make me a better cop yes did it take some of the wind out of my sails with everything else going on 100 percent. yes it did um how how long uh i'm assuming they they, they did this they, they they put you on a paid leave after that 
Yeah, I was off for three months, and that's kind of when. And that's yeah, and, I, and that's not I, always good for your mental I, health, is it? I, I well, say, you no, know, that's I that's when I realized I had a right. lot of other stuff going on because I was alone with my thoughts. Right, like I was I was always at work, so I didn't have to deal with the bullshit that was that was building up inside my head. And uh, so when I was alone with my thoughts, that's kind of when it's when it gets dangerous. Kind of settled right. in, and I was and I was left to my own devices, right? So right, I, and I, you, know. you know, you know, we I, I give a you know a, a mental health talk to, to to law enforcement and 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 fire departments when I you know we'll take you know through FRCC we'll take them out to the range and you know, have a good day off just shooting, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the, at the end of the day we'll talk about mental health, um, which you know is a hot you know hot hot button topic you know to talk about but i have a very different you know approach to mental health it's mm-hmm. you know i think we coddle uh, you know a little too much with with mental health mm-hmm. and we do this really bad thing especially in, in both those departments is where we we give you massive amounts of time off and allow you to at you know at at, at your worst mm-hmm. do nothing and just sit there and think about all the things you could have done different all the things you could have done better you know what are people saying about me? What do mm-hmm. people think about me? Yeah, it's it's. I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix that. Um, but that would would one hundred percent is is uh it it good intentions. Mm-hmm. Bad judgment. Yeah, like we we can't we can't but, do that to 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 our first responders. The yeah, way to deal with that is to. I mean, I don't want to. No, I don't want to paraphrase for you, but stop being such a fucking pussy. Not you, but uh-huh. just people. You know if. If if you have to know what you're getting into to do the job, any job, and when I don't know if that was probably a little harsh. Kind of. I mean, is is there? Time I would to, think. I there, think a good way of saying it because again, I I was taught the old school culture of you know go to work, keep your mouth shut, do what your boss tells you to do. You're a man. You know, keep your emotions to yourself. Nobody wants to hear that bullshit, right? I think what we need what needs to be taught is how to decompress like moments at a time not when something bad happens to us because that because it's like when the pressure builds up if you don't have a way to like keep the pressure down and and if you don't have outlets or techniques that are available to you and you don't know how to deal with what you're going through then that's when things get bad because that's when you know your vices come out that's when it's either alcohol it's drugs or it's women right for me for me it's for me it's women it always has it always has yeah 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 no and so it really it goes back to something you 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 said earlier everything everything in moderation right and and the pendulum has swung too far so uh you know having some sort of time off having you know having having these you know these having tools to deal with this that's you know those are appropriate measures yeah. But, you know, we've we've swung way too far to where we've gone. We've kind of gotten to more of a, a coddling. You a know, little. You think it's a little too. It's, yeah, it's yeah. gone too far. Yeah. And three months is just way too long, you know, to, too. To, 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 to leave a guy to his own devices. Yeah. Long yeah. Give, with give, his wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give him a break. Give him some tools. Yeah. But the, but the truth is getting back to the job mm-hmm. and getting and getting, you know, your mind engaged is a good thing. Yep. You know what? I, you know it's funny. You know what I went back to do when I went back to playing golf. I went into, a, yeah, I went into it. I went into it. I went into it. You know, I kept myself busy, right? But it and it was so funny because I would, I, you know, I'm a sleep talker too, so uh, I would always be talking about like 
uh, oh, I gotta go drop this gun off at the lab, or I gotta go get these drugs from a, from a, yeah in my sleep, like or talking about yeah. C or talking about CQB in my sleep. I remember what yeah. she's like. She's like, you know, you just taught me how to clear a room without <laughs> even like well, in your sleep. And I'm like, right. no, I had no idea. Right. Well, and and you know, it's, you know, the things you just said and, yeah. and talking to you, you're obviously already a, a highly motivated person. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you are, or else you wouldn't have been a college athlete, right? Or else you wouldn't have been going to schools on 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 your own time and mm-hmm. on your own dime, and you wouldn't have been a SWAT officer so you're already a highly motivated person and if you think about it that you know as as motivated as you are that incident that type of time off mm-hmm. can still you know o- overcome your personality mm-hmm. you know at some point you dug in and right. you said no you know i gotta i gotta go play golf yeah i got I, I have to go I do, have something. To go do yeah. something yeah but it really just shows you know the i don't know a better way to say it I'm not you know I'm not calling you a superhero but you are unique and you know your average police officer you can see how that would truly crumble him mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we gotta we gotta fix that yeah somehow, not 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 uh, submitting to the vices, you know. Obviously, we all have our uh, a vice that might be more appealing, you know, to me rather than some other ones. But, you know, uh, another guy, that guy could have been like, you know what, fuck it, and popped the bottle up and then gotten a DUI, right. hit, and, you know. And, and, that's, yeah, and that's how and we, yeah, and, I mean, it's, it's yeah. not a stretch. That's how we get into suicides. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, what was meant to be a good mental health break, you know, a, a good thing for you, yeah. ends up having the exact opposite effect. And we wonder why, you know, the military and first responders, you know, have, have such high suicide rates, yet we've done more than ever to try to combat mental health. Like that's that's a problem. I mean, don't you say like, we? There's, yeah. There's, there we have. There's a, if to, to put it in this perspective, we have a sickness, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, so this is the cure for that sickness. Mm-hmm. Yet that cure that we've provided has increased the sickness. So we have to do something different. <laughs> yeah, we have. You know to what I mean? It's insanity. And, and what's crazy yeah. is a lot of departments and the military will say, okay, well this isn't working. Let's just up the dosage and give them more. Of what's not working mm-hmm. and it's insanity yeah yeah um it, it's funny like when when you sent me that text message you're like hey what's your name by the way i was actually on the phone with uh with a buddy i'm not gonna say his name but he was actually he was actually going through it and that's who i was talking to on the way here yeah. and i'm just oh, like damn bro yeah yep. man and uh I'm, you know he's su- he's such a he's such a great guy and i think that i i think one of the things that would help law enforcement right now is if we had um, just that I think the love of the community once again, because I mean, most of yeah. us, we, most right. of us get into this job because we want to, we want to be protectors. We want to, you know, we want to help people and we, you know, we want to be the, you know, I think we want to in some sense be the traditional men that we saw growing up. And when you don't have that love back, it's, yeah. it's like, why am I doing why am this? I doing the pay it? is awful. Well, the pay is not awful. Well, I think, I, it, I, I think it depends on where you work. I think I, and I know what you mean mm-hmm. and I know you'll agree with me to say this. The majority, if you could really pull 10 people, yeah, I guarantee you, all 10 of them would support us. And maybe mm-hmm. one set of 10 would say, one person would say, no, I don't. It, the problem is, is that it's the narrative that's controlled right. and, the, and, the, and the voices of the small, small, small percentage of people are overheard because no one is going to 
in a, a human nature, if I really like Brent, I'm not going to sit there and tell you how much I really like Brent. It's I'm only going to oh, tell true. you if yeah. I don't like yeah, Brent. Right. That's what I want to tell you because I, I don't like Brent. So I just feel like, um, you know, I think we, the, I mean, I don't, I, have an, I don't even have an answer for that. The narrative changing in the, in the media and vilifying us, like, you know, what we talked about earlier today when, you know, just call it as it is, dumb cop. Dumb, not maybe not even a dumb cop, dumb instance, right. learning yeah, point, yeah. and that's it. But to to try to catch cops slipping and then blast it everywhere, you know. Oh. Well, yeah, because you know, and, and granted, there are there are you know there are some things that are just stupid, like you guys said, dumb cop of the week, and then there are some things where it's just you know there's always that gray area, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, it's just like you you get blasted, and then it's like, well, fuck, I don't want to fucking you know, why am I going to stick my neck out there anymore? Yeah, you know, you're almost, right. you know. Well, I'm, I think I've well, maybe I've said this before. So I don't want to sound like a broken record, mm-hmm. but what 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 you did by you know talking to a peer is to me is the answer. Yeah, yeah. we have this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to th- you know throw them all out and say it's bad. But but here's another thing that's that's really I uh, I would say ironic is we have these mental health professionals that come in and tell you how to deal with things. <laughs> That have never shot anyone, <laughs> that have never, you know, that have never gone through this. Mm-hmm. Nowhere else in in a career field would, you know, would would that be would, would that be kosher? Like I don't I don't go teach CQB because I went to college for CQB. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did CQB. You fucking did it. <laughs> experienced CQB. Every guy's real. There's a college for that. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know what I mean, That's and hilarious. so, so, so we have these people who are textbook, you know, savvy on on mental health, but don't know what it takes to go through it. You do. You yeah, know what it yeah. takes to go through it. You know what you did wrong, mm-hmm. which is part of. You know, you're not going to do everything perfect, right. whether it be the incident or whether it be dealing with the incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you now have that experience, and those are the people that need to be talking to to people having hard times. Yeah, way yeah. more than a. Than, than a clinical, you know, uh, psychiatrist. I got a question for you. Are you going to reach out to Rob O'Neill? Am I going to reach out to Rob O'Neill? <laughs> I, you know what? Baby. He's, it's a peer to peer. You know. You know what? I yes, Rob. You you, uh, you you know how you know how to get a hold of me. Absolutely, I will talk to Rob. Rob needs a peer mm-hmm. uh, to talk to. To and I said it at at uh, on on that podcast. Yeah. He needs someone to help guide him through this, um, and just. You know, sticking you know, sticking with the the lie and the and the shallow life that he's you know that he's living now is is only going to end in in disaster. And I will one hundred percent talk to Rob. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. That wasn't. I was. I was. I was more joking, but that turned really serious. Yeah. Well, really, <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah you know, I'm going yeah, to talk. I'll, I'll put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> hey, you know, you know it, I, it, it's truly. true because you no, know, the media companies and the publicists and the book deals, they don't know what, what they're the ones that were probably giving Rob guidance. And I feel like if I, if I watched his podcast correctly, it sounded like he said he finally reached out to his peers and were like they were like you got to do what we do. Now we're not talking about he obviously is not admitting to what we uh, what we were talking about, but he did admit on his podcast that he has a drinking problem and he needed to get a hold of it. And so I think that's what he took the problem of he didn't kill Osama bin Laden and he took the drinking problem and put it on and top replaced of it. it. And a little, then he, a one then for one swap. He was able to talk about it freely in his brain. 
it's it's I didn't kill Osama bin Laden, but he's saying I have a drinking problem, and then he's able to talk about it. It's a classic it's way to be a It's just a dom- domino effect. Like once you know, yeah. it's kind of like that movie Flight, where he was just like, "Yeah, I'm drunk right now." <laughs> 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 well, and, and it's true, and and you may have experienced this, you know, and 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 uh, and you dealing with your incident. Sometimes yeah. you get in this low point, and you don't you don't. You don't know you're getting into a low point, you know, but but at some point you're in this absolute low point and and you do realize you're like there is some self-realization there and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. Like, you know, this is I, you know, I knew I had a bad day, a couple bad days in a row, but I I am now somewhere I don't want to be. And how did I get here? And, and, and how do I get, you know, and how do I get out? How do you get? Yeah. Yeah. And some people are strong enough to go back to what they know, mm -hmm. golf, family friends church you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. and and some people just aren't strong enough you know and they just stay there uh out of out of frustration i think that even up here telling you go do one of those things okay you know yeah that's what that's what i suggested to him oh you won't go do this with me yeah Yeah. yes yeah yeah, that's a good one yeah i i told him i was like man why don't you uh you know because it's the classical you, you know you feel trapped and you feel like you know the walls are closing in on you, but I had to remind him. I'm like, dude, you've accomplished so freaking much, dude. You were such a you were such a great guy, and you've you are also somebody that I also look up to too, man. And I was like, have you tried to go boxing? Like maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it well, might be nice to like you know, kind of like a Fight Club thing where you like you know beat the hell out of somebody or let somebody beat you up. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it, it it always ends like this. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's exceptions to every rule, but um, you know, I I, I lost a, a a friend to suicide, and the and when it happened, it wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, he was so happy. Things were going great for him. That's, you know, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. We all knew and we all immediately felt horrible that we didn't do more to to stop it. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, when, you know, those those things don't don't come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone well, after afterwards, everyone wishes they'd have done more. So hey, you don't you. It's it's not people like to pretend like, you know, not pretend or 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 say maybe to make themselves feel better or maybe, you know, maybe departments make themselves feel better. Like it's Mm -hmm. a problem that that it's not it's it's a hard problem to solve. Um, Most guys in those situations are throwing out signals all over the place. We just, you know, we just as 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 peers, you have to pick up on that. And and our life gets really busy. Yeah. uh, And you have to you have to take a step back and and make a phone call and make time. You know, and I'll be the first one to tell you, I've been there. I've you know, I've gotten very close. I put the gun in my mouth before. I'll be the first one to tell you. Um, And, you know, I at the end of the day, I, I remember thinking I was like, God, I remember. I was like, God, my mom would fucking kill me. That's yeah. the first thought in my head. And I was like, yeah, let me put this down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more afraid of mom. I was so upset. My mom will kill me. I get that. <laughs> She'll kill me what, yeah. but, you know, after I'm dead. Right. So I was I, like, you know what? I was like, let me put this down and let right. me let me call somebody because. Right. And it's yeah, not. Yeah. And obviously people who are doing that aren't aren't thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it is a very selfish move. It, 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 yeah, it is a very it, it selfish is very, move. It is very selfish. You are going to leave people in shambles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you haven't to deal with that. But again, yeah, you know, there's a reason that most suicides don't happen sober. Mm-hmm. There's always uh, always there's a lot of times drugs and alcohol are are involved. And so y- your judgment is is, is impaired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So one thing I've always vowed to do is this podcast. We talk about very, very, very deep issues, whether mm-hmm. they be in brass and military and 
first responder world or mental health or something like this. But I always vowed to put it in a vehicle of comedy and entertainment. Yeah. So I've yeah. never, ever <laughs> right. ended an episode on a serious note where somebody turned off the podcast and they're like, well, this that was heavy. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so what I was thinking was, do you offhand have a really funny cop story to end the day? Really funny cop like the story. F- most okay, ridiculous. So, yeah, so this actually happened when I was in FTO. Uh, shout out to uh, John Harwell, my FTO. <laughs> um, so I'm riding around with him, and uh, and we get a call for uh, for a mom called because she found her son looking at porn, and she wanted a deputy to come out and talk to him. Come talk to my. And by I'm just like. Hand on the steering wheel, I'm looking ahead, and John looks at me, and he's like, "Oh, we're taking that." Like, God damn it! So he's like, he's like, uh, I think he was like, uh, he's like five eleven. We'll take that one. I'm like, God, oh, fuck, John, come on, man. So we get there, and the, mom, the kid is just like terrified because what? Oh, what do you say to somebody like? Yeah. Oh. How old is he? He's like 11, 12, oh, like right God. around that age. You know what I'm saying? He's got, he's got, a, he's got a phone. I mean, you, yeah. you can't hide. You what you do is forever. you take that phone and you throw it in the toilet. Yeah, you know? John's I, I like, just go, helped you out, Dad. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, yeah, he was. Uh, I caught him watching a video of the girl popping her booty, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, she was like, can you guys talk to him? I'm like, talk to him about what? Ooh. He's, a, he's, he's his boy. hormones are just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you gave him right. a smartphone yeah. to look at it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, so I'm like, okay, man. So what site were you looking at? I'm like, nah, man, you gotta go to. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah, man, this is the good site right. you need to go yeah. to. But right. <laughs> no. and this is how you hide it. Right. And then, this your is mom. how you delete your browser. All history. right. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, any other questions, mom? Right. Anything else we can help you with? Problem solved. Baby. At, problem solved. At man. your service. <laughs>